Welcome to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. I'm Kirsty Taylor, your host, a writer, a storyteller, and a wanderer of life. I struggled so much in the past, and it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that I saw true change and really started living my life. This podcast is aimed to help you realize that this whole work hard, play hard mantra bullshit has not been cutting it. We need to focus on what truly matters. Think of this podcast as a tool for finally hustling for yourself. So let's shift our focus from the external to the internal, because in the end, you deserve it. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Wellness Hustle Podcast. As always, I'm Kirsty Taylor, and yeah, this week has been interesting. So I just got done doing a yoga class, and I listened to a really good podcast before that, and then I got to let it all just sink in and marinate, and I listened to a podcast about something that I feel like people don't talk about enough. It's about friendship, and it's about how to cultivate meaningful friendships. It was a podcast that was done by Christine Hassler. Her podcast is called Over and Out, Over It and On With It, something like that. It is amazing. You guys definitely need to check it out. My girlfriend Danny told me about it. It's changed my life. Christine Hassler is a badass female. And so I talked a lot about female friendships and just friendships in general and how to cultivate really meaningful ones. And I feel like people don't really talk about that enough. Uh, people focus so much on relationships and everything that friendships are often overlooked, especially it's hard. It's hard to cultivate a friendship, a deep, meaningful friendship, and then it's hard to sustain them. And then sometimes you need to realize if a relationship is toxic and if you need to cut that person out of your life, or even Christine and her guests talked about how you can take a break from your friend, which kind of is interesting. Um, We always feel like, oh, the, the friend needs to be there forever and They need to always be there for me no matter what, but maybe sometimes a break is better. Uh, Yeah, so I just thought that was really interesting, and it talked about the sister wound, about how females feel weird to be around other females because of things that have happened in the past with other girls, probably in high school, middle school, elementary school. But yeah, it was was really, really interesting, and I'm going to put it out into the universe that I really want to bring on a guest that will do this topic justice, and I want to talk about this subject because I think it is interesting, it's fascinating, and it's something that needs to be spoke about more. Anyways, this week's episode of the Wellness Hustle, I am talking to Rob Lawless about human connection, about meeting people. So Rob Lawless began a journey to spend one hour with 10,000 strangers to learn about their lives with no agenda. He left behind his career in finance and tech sales, and he took a huge risk and made the bet that creating human connection is currently a more important foundation for his future than building a savings account. (laughs) You might think this sounds crazy, but just think about it. He's doing the thing that he could probably be doing every day of his life. He's meeting people. That's what he loves to do. He loves interviewing. He loves talking with people. So since he did his project, Rob's 10K Friends, so if you ever meet him, just call him Rob's 10K. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So it's called Rob's 10K Friends. And he's attracted a massive following and national attention. And he's met everyone from street artists to people experiencing homelessness to CEOs. He told me an amazing story that's in this podcast about him flying over the coast of uh, San Diego. So you got to stay listening for that one. And yeah, he's been 
I think he's, I was number 2,000, I should know this, I was number 2,240 something, something like that. So he is, oh no, it's 2004, yeah, he is about 24% of the way done. So he plans on doing this for a while, and he's already been doing it for three years. It's an amazing talk. We talk about small talk, what it's like to get deeper into a conversation, what human connection means, how important it is. I hope you guys enjoy it. Rob was a cool dude. He came up to Manhattan Beach to do the interview in person, and then we also did our own interview for his project, so it was a really cool experience. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Hello, Rob. Thank you for being on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks. How are you doing? Good. All right. Cool. Um, so yeah, let's start off the cast with the episode with how did you get into the work that you do, your project? Sure. So I'm spending currently an hour meeting 10,000 different people, Mm -hmm. one-on-one, one one hour at a time. And a lot of it was driven by my time at Penn State. So I was involved in a lot of clubs and activities Mm -hmm. when I was a student there and sought to recreate that in the real world yeah i feel like i have to get settled into the podcast again no it's okay yeah. take the time yeah. we're also in my apartment if everyone's wondering like we're doing this at my apartment so i feel like it's a little bit like chill but maybe mm-hmm. non semi-professional it's been so long since i've done one how long when was the last time you did one um probably like a few months ago okay true yeah. but it's just it's Pretend like the microphone's not even there. No, just yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so super involved at Penn State. Uh-huh. Knew a lot of people because I was involved in a lot of clubs and activities. Yeah. And so I that was one of my favorite parts of college was running into people that I knew. Like around my, campus and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, like, that was taken away from me because all of my friends were spread out across right. the country. Yeah. And I studied finance, so I launched into this corporate consulting job and was just like, all right, I have the safety, but I still have the dream of wanting to forge my own path in life. Mm -hmm. So that combined with wanting to know the people around me, I was like, I'm going to try to meet 10,000 people initially for 10 minutes at a time in one year. Oh, wow. And that was the goal, like... In January of 2014, I wrote that in my iPhone notes, uh-huh. and I was like, that's the goal. If I do it, it'll explode. It'll be like this big thing. I'll never have to work another day in my life. Yeah. And that was just like a poor train of thought, so yeah. it didn't go anywhere. And as I got older, I started to think, all right, like, how can I flip this on its head mm-hmm. and do something that takes a really long time, but that I enjoy throughout the journey? So yeah. that's when it kind of switched to an hour and in September of 2015 I had so I worked for Deloitte after school for a year and three months Mm -hmm. and then I switched to a tech startup in Philly for a year and nine months Mm -hmm. and moved from my parents house in the suburbs into the city for that job okay and when I was in the city I was like okay I'm back in a place where I'm in control of my schedule Mm -hmm. I can kind of choose what I do with my free time and so in September of 2015, I started reaching out to people to be part of the project. Very cool. And met the first person in November of 2015. Okay, nice. And then over the next eight months, met um, like 100 people in that time. Wow. Yeah, and then I started in May of 2016 getting press on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, May of 2016. And from May to June, I was covered by like five different small press sources in Philly. Oh, cool. And then the company I worked for was bought out, so I was laid off. So, oh. which was a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's the universe telling you something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I knew, like, at that point, I was already considering going into it full time. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a little push that I needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so laid off at the end of June of 2016. Mm-hmm. And initially it was like, I'll do this two to three months full time. Yeah. And did that. And now this July will be three years full time. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, do you think the the switch from like the ten minute to an hour thing was like probably kept it a little bit more uh, sus- not that, not the word sustainable, but kept you wanting to do the project more? Because I feel like the ten minute mindset was probably just like let's do this, it'll be cool, and sure. an hour is all right. I want to actually invest in this like, emotionally and like get to know these people. Yeah, I, th- I think it made it more authentic. Yeah, because I think the. 10 minute was coming from a place of me wanting to become an overnight success. Right. And the hour was coming from a place of me wanting to like genuinely get yeah. to know people. And I'm so happy that I didn't do that. Like, I don't know what you would have gained from 10 minutes. With 10 minutes. Person. Yeah. That's like small talk. I feel like, right. Yeah. 10 minutes. You can't get to really know someone. I don't know. Maybe you could. Yeah. Maybe. But because <laughs> we have an hour, I'm able to dive beneath the surface with people. Yeah. And create like, actual bonds and a lot of the people that I meet I see after the fact like I got to so I'm staying in Long Beach and I got in Friday night and I met this dude on Saturday mm-hmm. at noon at a coffee shop in Long Beach and we're sitting there and like two of the guys that I previously met last time I was in LA rolled up and they live in the Venice area and they're just like Rob is that you what that's yeah. so crazy so I got to see both of them and then that Sunday which I guess Two days ago, I was, like, getting settled, getting groceries and everything, and I ran into another dude who I'd met who was also getting groceries, like, really? the other two, yeah. I don't even think I run into people I know that much, like, in L.A. That's yeah. crazy. But, I mean, you're meeting a lot of people, so the odds are in your favor of running into people. Yeah, it's cool. It started, like, it happens in Philly all the time. Yeah, um, I'm sure. But here, I think I've met, like, six to seven hundred people in L.A. Wow. Yeah, so... That's so crazy to think. Is that crazy to think at the end of this all you'll have met and talked to 10,000 people? Like, I don't think people, you don't have a good, like, quality conversation with that many people Mm -hmm. in your lifetime, I would assume. It's a lot of people. I know. I don't know. I don't think of it as, like, a big thing. Yeah. It's interesting, because you talking about being a writer, like, if you were to say, like, I'm going to write a book, Mm -hmm. that to me sounds like a more exhausting project. And going out and spending an hour with 10,000 people. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Because it's more of just, like, connecting and, and human interaction and just having conversation and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's what I'm passionate about. And yeah. It's entertaining. Like, I would rather be here with you than at home watching a movie or watching TV. Fair enough. That's awesome. When did How did you figure out that you liked talking with people and wanted to pursue this? So, in grade school, like, I remember being excited to get to high school because... It was going to be like this new group of people and all new friends that I could make. And my high school was small. It was 500 people total. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also a main reason that I chose to go to Penn State. So they have 40,000 students and yeah. USC, I'm sure, is like a similar mm-hmm. way where I felt like I could always get to know people, but there'd always be more people totally. to meet. Yeah. Um, 
and that excited me. And so at Penn State is where I really feel like I developed that passion mm-hmm. uh, and saw the impact that it could have on my life. Yeah. And yeah, from there, it was just like wanting to get back to that place. Yeah. I feel like that's such a great mindset. I mean, first off, when people are in middle school going to high school, they're usually terrified to go to high school because of that sure. reason. What a great mindset to go into a new place being like, wow, think of all these potential friends or like connections I can make. Rather than it being intimidating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at this point now, having met so many people, mm-hmm. I always say, like, I know how comfortable you can be with a person after spending an hour together. Yeah. So I kind of go in with that comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I can just apply my project mindset to, like, if I'm out at the bar, if I meet someone at the airport or whatever. Right. Um, I have, like, the same curiosity about their lives as I would have of people yeah. in the project. That's cool. That's cool. So where did you get the number 10,000? I think originally it was just a number that I thought was high enough that it would turn heads. Yeah, 10K. Uh, No matter where I am, people will be like, oh, Rob, 10K. And (laughs) like, that's my nickname. (laughs) I've never like offered that to anyone, but yeah, I feel like people just, they think it's a cool, it's like a clean number, I guess. Yeah, Uh, there you go. But partially because of that and then the 10,000 hours theory. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're considered an expert in that field. Right. I never, like, I'm not seeking to become an expert in anything, but I think dedicating yourself to a project for that amount of time is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, I listened to one commencement speech one time, and I don't even know if it's true or not, the fact, but the dude was like, the average person meets 10,000 people in their lifetime. So... Oh, interesting. I was interested, and I'm still curious... If that's how many people people meet on average in their lifetime, mm-hmm. what happens when you move that up to, like, you've met them by the time you're 35 or 40? Yeah. And then how do those connections affect your life from, like, 35 to 90 or whatever? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, very cool. What is the first thing you really ask someone when you first meet them? Usually, like, are you originally from here? That's uh, a good question. I like that question. Okay. Yeah. Why? That, why do I ask that? I think it just opens up the door to more of their story. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, you're from Florida. So immediately it's like, what brought you out to California? Right. And you kind of have a journey. And if you're from California, it's like, have you ever left? Yeah. Um, And so, I don't know. That's just just like my go-to opener. And I feel like it's not a very intrusive question. Yeah, totally. And I also... Despite the fact that some of my conversations go really deep, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make them go deep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if people want to talk surface level and talk about sports and weather the whole time, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But if they want to talk about like their deepest fears and stuff, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I just want to put people at ease. Yeah. yeah. So then what are your thoughts on small talk personally? I know you said that if someone wants to keep it surface level, that's fine. But what are your thoughts personally on small talk? I I don't think that I think about it too much. Mm-hmm. I will say I find like the deeper conversations to be more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel like I really bond with people. Yeah. Um, but I think small talk is a somewhat a strategy for people. I've learned that not everyone is very comfortable in one-on-one conversations yeah and there's a lot of social anxiety that exists with people um so for some people it just might be like all that they can think of mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. um yeah that's kind of just the way i, I yeah. think about it 
How do you think the conversations go that go deeper for even the person that is opening up and talking to you? Like, how do I think they get there or how do I? Yeah. Or yeah. Do you find them to be more fulfilling? Do you think it's probably more fulfilling for them? Yeah, I think so. So I take a picture with everyone that I meet Mm -hmm. and I post a little bit about their story on Instagram. Right. Just from what I remember of our conversation. And I think because I do that, other people see it and they come prepared to be like, oh, I'm supposed to tell this guy about my life. Yeah. Which is not the case, but it's just expectations that they build for themselves. Um, And so I think people come prepared to sometimes share that depth. Because I think sometimes people are holding on to that. Yeah. And they don't really have a place to put it. And so I sometimes kind of act as the perfect stranger. Right. Um, But, yeah, it's... It's, I just think it's cool how two people can bond yeah. within an hour over that time. One of the girls that I met um, right before I left L.A. the last time, back in October, uh, was one of the heaviest conversations that I've had with someone. Oh, and really? she was telling me about how her younger brother was uh, killed by a drunk driver. And his anniversary, I believe, is October 28th. Mm-hmm. And so that was coming up. And she was super close with him. Yeah. And she cried and I cried. Yeah. And you just, I think when you're able to like lean into humanity and, and share those experiences with each other. Yeah. It makes you feel a lot more fulfilled and connected. Yeah. So how important do you think human connection is in your life? Super important. In probably. other people's lives, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's probably priority number one. Okay. Um, like... My relationships with my f- close friends and family are the top of my priorities. And I think this project comes in at a very close second. Yeah. But if I had to, like, if I had a family member get sick or something. You'd drop this all. And... Yeah, like, I'd put yeah. this on hold. And of go course, to them. yeah. Um, and that's great, too, because I think doing this, I've sacrificed a lot of, like, getting ahead in life financially mm-hmm. to build relationships and build a foundation for what I think could be a future financial stability. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've almost been forced in a way to appreciate the things that I do have so that I don't think about what I don't have. Ooh, ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And what I do have are really good friendships and relationships. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and beyond that, so that is kind of like deep relationships and then the relationships in the one-hour time span that I'm creating with people it's expanded my perspective. It's given me a sense of home mm-hmm. in multiple different cities. Yeah. Um, and it's allowed me to, like, connect people with each other. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of untapped value in human connection that people don't think about. Yeah. In the sense of beyond just connecting with the person, just... Or what do you mean? So I think there's a lot of value in in just the act of doing it, of... Being able to explain your own story, mm-hmm. being able to actively listen to someone else's story right. and treat it with respect yeah, and learn. For me, my parents are still together. I'm mm-hmm. the youngest of three siblings. Mm-hmm. We're the only family that's ever lived in the house that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And before I started this project, I thought that was the normal suburban life. But yeah, no. you start to meet people who have like half siblings and step siblings. and. Yeah. People who are military brats who've moved around all their life. And it's just crazy because we all have such different upbringings. Mm-hmm. But we're all very similar in ways, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that perspective has been a huge 
thing for me. Yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting you bring that up. I was writing an article, uh, ghostwriting article type thing about um, diversity in workspaces, and it kind of brought up the fact that we have this this psychological effect, I guess you would call it, of just like wanting to be around people that are kind of like us. Same class, race, gender, yada, yada. When I was younger, I always felt like, oh, I need to get out of the United States to see the world and broaden my perspective. But it feels like what you're saying is that's not the case. Like you can widen your perspective just within your own city. For sure. If you just meet some people that are outside of the norm of what you would normally hang out with. Right. And I think about it in bubbles too. I think mm-hmm. I've met a lot of different people from different backgrounds within the Philly bubble and the L.A. bubble, and I've met people from New York City. Yeah. But I have really yet to touch the small-town America bubble or oh, interesting, yeah. the third-world country bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's endless amounts of diversity, and I think it there's levels to it. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, not to say, like, there's just so many different paths, mm-hmm. and you can find differences in your own city, and I would argue, too, even in high school, like, my high school had 500 people, but within that little subculture, we all probably had really different backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. get down to the details of it. Yeah, that's such a good point. There's sometimes I've connected with people in high school, like, that I wasn't really friends with back then, and for, for whatever reason, we connected now, and I'm like, oh, whoa, I had no idea that you were a foster kid, or I had no idea that you were... You weren't at the parties we were at because you were mowing lawns because you needed to pay for your house bills Mm because your mom wasn't around. You know, it's like, I I had no idea. You know, you don't, it's hard for kids to open up about that stuff, especially in high school. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's interesting. And so getting more into doing this project and doing something you're passionate about, how does it feel getting into something where you don't have a steady income? So I kind of like the adventure of it Mm -hmm. i think i have a very specific personality to do this type of project okay what kind of personality is that it's like very go with the flow okay Um, yeah externally and very ambitious internally Mm -hmm. um but looking at different validations and letting the pieces kind of fall together yeah so yeah it's been and i think alongside it and i you probably experienced this in your own life there's a lot of cycles of confidence and doubt. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, I feel like yes. anyone who is pursuing some type of individual project, yeah. you're going to go through those cycles. And totally. that has happened for me so much. Like, fortunately, I'm on a cycle of confidence right now. When I got back from Philly, or from L.A. to Philly back in October, mm-hmm. like, people stopped reaching out for, to meet for the project because... I had just left a city. People thought I was in L.A. Right. No one from Philly was reaching out. I had, like, a couple of really exciting opportunities fall through. Mm. And that, and Philly was raining and cold. And at that time, I was just like, wow, no one really cares about this project anymore. And it's probably not going to work out in the way that I think it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, because that was October. And a few months before that July... I did a radio interview with Ryan Seacrest for his morning show. What? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. his radio show. Yeah. Whoa, okay, keep going. <laughs> but I just think it's interesting because you would think like, wow, Ryan Seacrest, you should be set yeah. on confidence to go. Yeah, but... And like, it was exciting at the time, but it's seen... 
it, I'm used to it's it. riding waves, right? Exactly. It's like you're so high when that happens. You're like, yes, like this is awesome. But eventually, you know, it come it comes down, and like mm-hmm. you need another one or whatever. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that doing this project, you kind of have to be your number one fan yeah, to keep yourself sure. going? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and I think it definitely helps to have outside support, but yeah, I think you have and my project kind of has this air of like being a good thing because mm-hmm. I'm meeting with people and I'm sharing their stories and I'm connecting with people who are different than me. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people will look at it as me trying to like do this service for the world by sharing stories and meeting with people when in reality it's more and it's more of like a selfish thing for me that this is my favorite way to em- entertain myself and spend my time. There you go. But I don't think it being a selfish thing in that way is a bad thing because I think about it the same way as a musician. Like They have to love their music first. And right. They love it so much that eventually other people are attracted to that passion. Right. And then they like latch on to it. Yeah. So I always think about that because I was here enjoying my project when no one was following along with it. Yeah. And no one knew what it was. And now I enjoy it that people are starting to hear about it. But should those people go away... The goal is still going to be there. Exactly. And I still have to be here. I feel like that's right. And that's something big for like anyone that wants to start their own project or start their own company or start their own anything at the lows. You have to be the one that keeps yourself going. For sure. You know, mm-hmm. I found that with writing and everything and like looking at stats and KPIs mm-hmm. and whatnot. I get so caught up in that sometimes and I realize or just when something big happens and my friends don't have the kind of they love me and they're happy for me, but they don't have the kind of reaction. Of, I have like these expectations, which sure. are horrible in themselves. But like I have to be the one to be like, yeah, hell yeah, Kirsty, Good job. That's kind of what keeps you going, mm-hmm. especially even when those like highs aren't there when you're at the lows. Yeah. Keep yourself going. Totally agree. Very cool. What do you do when you are in, like, the depths of your fears that maybe this isn't going to work out or this Mm -hmm. isn't going to happen? So I think the for me, the only answer is to, okay, um, one, just keep going. But Mm -hmm. two, so in that instance, and so the the opportunities that I had when I came back from L.A., like, October 4th, I got an email from this company that said, uh, like, Upworthy Collaboration with Subaru. And if you're not familiar with Upworthy, they're like what? a positive yeah. news like Facebook site. Yeah. Um, and they reached out and they said, hey, we're doing this story, uh, this video between Upworthy and Subaru. It's sponsored by Subaru. It's for Upworthy. Mm-hmm. And we love your story and we want to hear more about it. And so I had a call with them. Yeah, so they said, we're doing this video with Upworthy and Subaru. Mm-hmm. They were pitching my story with two others and they said internally you're our champion so we love what you're doing so we want them to pick you yeah and like four hours after that i got a direct message from this account 60 second docs who i think i've heard of that they're very similar to upworthy yeah they do one minute videos on people doing interesting things and when they reached out to me they said we found your project through reddit we think it's awesome cool like we love what you're doing yeah and they said, we'd love to do a short documentary on you. Our videos usually get around 8 million views. If you're interested, email us. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, probably not both of them would work out. Um, if both of them worked out, that would be awesome. Yeah. But if one of them works out, that's amazing. Yeah. And so fast forward like two weeks, Upworthy 
emailed me back and they said Subaru went with the other story. Oh, no. And so I kind of expected that, but at the time I was scheduling time with 60 Second Docs to film, and they were just going to follow me to for my meetings, capture content yeah. for the story. And it was I was trying to coordinate with them. It was like the day before we were supposed to film, mm-hmm. and the woman said, I think we're rushing this a little bit. Why don't we wait till you get back to Philly? Because I was just about to road trip back to Philly. Okay. And she said, why don't we wait till you get back to Philly and we can film once you're there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's cool because the project is based out of Philly. I'd rather highlight Philly people and places if it's going to be something that's shared on a bigger scale. Yeah, which is cool. LA gets a lot of yeah. media all the time, so yeah. does it anymore. <laughs> so got back to Philly and the same thing happened. And I had the day before, so I asked permission of all the people got filming permission from all the places that I was meeting them at mm-hmm. and went to confirm with the dude the day before who I was in coordination with now. And he said, hey, sorry, I got sick. And so I lost contact with the videographers. So we don't have anyone lined up for tomorrow. And I was like, damn, that sucks. But yeah, OK. And so I emailed him that Monday and I said, hey, dude, I hope you're feeling better. Let me know when you want to reschedule. Here's my availability in the next coming weeks. And he said, oh, actually, all the videographers got put on long-term projects, and so we don't have anyone to video it now. And so, and that was the last I heard of him. And so really? both of those opportunities, which would have, and I think for me, from a business standpoint, it's like, that would have exposed me to a new audience, which could have led to partnerships, which could have helped ease the financial yeah. stress. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have, like, kind of a lot of hope writing on that for obvious right, reasons. It's, just, it's yeah. like, expectations. Yeah. If they never reached out to me, it wouldn't have been yeah. something that affected well, me. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so then I got into this place, and this was around the same time that people were not messaging me to meet. And so it put me in that place of, no one really cares about this. It's probably not going to work out. Yeah. And I met this girl, and I think that's another beautiful thing about meeting people. I met this girl who was talking about... Just getting her degree in college. Mm-hmm. And she said she used to go work in a PNC bank from 8 a.m. to noon every day. Mm-hmm. And then she would go to her classes in the afternoon. And then she would go work in the local mall until close just so she could afford oh. to pay her for her degree. Yeah. And it woke me up because I thought this girl is doing all of this work to get her degree which is something that I've already been fortunate enough to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm here sulking because companies aren't coming to me to share yeah. my story. And so inspired by her, I started to put together a list of like 100 companies that I thought would be good for partnerships, mm-hmm. and a list of 100 publications that I could reach out to and be like, I think my story would resonate with your audience. Totally. And honestly, all I did was make the list and get the contact info. I probably messaged like three of them. But mm-hmm. from taking that action, it kind of kickstarted me back into realizing that I have control over my project. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes, especially when things are going your way, you need to be conscious of the fact that at the end, it's always on you pushing it forward. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, it actually, I think I saw you post with him. Did you meet Nas from Nas Daily? I did not, but... Wait, that was... Okay. Whoa, then I am just, like, making things up. Okay, anyways, met, but do you know who he is? Yeah, I met Will Carmack, who does... 
He's been filming videos. With I've, him? I've met people in that space. In that like, space, yeah. Yes, theory or marketing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I just feel like that's a really, that's a, they're just, they're just really good, like, um, examples. Like, they're huge now, but mm-hmm. it took years and constant day. Well, for, for Nas, literally, well, yeah, what you do is still daily. It's yeah. just you, yeah, you have to keep going even when it all, like, falls through and people aren't clicking, people aren't sharing and stuff like that. Man, I thought you. I thought it was you that met Nas. Never yeah, mind. It's interesting because he two times ago when I was in LA, he had put out this video because um, he was doing daily videos. Yeah, and I think he was getting busy. And he was like, "I need someone to go around who's good with people to ca- like, talk with them and Hi. capture their stories." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is my chance!" And so yeah. I hit him up and we talked back and forth, and I made some sample videos and sent them over to him. Yeah, but I'm not a videographer. Yeah. And my passion is just in this, what we're doing right now. Yeah. Face-to-face totally. interaction. Um, and so I eventually fell off of it. But, yeah, I feel like I'm very aligned with how he lives. Totally. Yeah. Life. Yeah. It's totally, like, kind of what you guys are doing are in, in the same realm and everything. Sure. So it's funny. I ran, I like ran into him once at Abbot Kinney, oh, really? like three years ago. He's wearing that little percentage <laughs> side shirt. I was sure. like, I know who you are. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was cool. So, okay, a little bit more lighthearted. I'm curious, what's one of the craziest stories you have meeting someone? Okay. Um, I, I don't know if it fits the topic of lighthearted, but... No, but that's okay. That's uh, fine. I, I, it's funny because most podcasts that I do, I talk about this dude. But okay. it's just because his story struck me. And, Let's hear it. And part of it was, so, he's just like a regular white dude who's a hotel concierge. And I think I had a snap judgment of him when I was walking up to meet him and thought, oh, he probably has a background similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And he had spoken with an accent. He grew up in, he's half German, half South African. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in Nigeria in the early years of his life. And then he was living in Romania. And when he was 16, he came to New York City to go boating on the Hudson with some of his friends. And he ended up falling off of the boat and getting run over by it. And his legs got sucked up into the engines. Yeah. Did So he doesn't have legs? So, essentially, like, the muscle was chopped off the bone, and he lost five of six liters of blood, technically died on the way to the hospital, was brought back to life, and they told him he had a 12% chance of walking and a 15% chance of living. Wow. And he showed me one of his legs, and you could see they had to cut... The bottom half of his calf muscle and folded up to make somewhat of an upper calf muscle because the yeah. top was gone. Okay. Um, and I don't know if he has like a prosthetic on the other side or if he was able to keep both of his legs, but that I think was one of the most the stories that and stuck when, with you. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about life and I talk about how there's so many different paths mm-hmm. that a life can take. His is far off to the left of what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, isn't that the snap judgment thing that you said? Isn't that crazy that we just, and it's human nature. Sure. Uh, yeah. We'll just assume all these things about someone just looking at them, but you know, right. you could have never have guessed that about him. I'm sure just looking at him. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a crazy, but good story. Yeah. But yeah. And I've had one, the last time that I was in LA, I went down to San Diego for a weekend mm-hmm. and I met this dude who he was put in this like Dell computer program, uh, when he was in his teens and okay. he started 
getting into flying at 12 years old and like started flying for real when he was 16. Wow. So when he graduated high school, he started his own software company and just built it up over the years. And at the same time, he was building his own plane. So he's probably like mid thirties now. Wow. And he sold, I think his company a few years ago. His plane company or his software software company. company. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Millions of dollars. And now he has his plane that he had built over all this time. It took him, I think 15 years to build the plane. And our hour was us flying in his plane over the coast of San Diego. Shut up. Really? That's so cool. That's a great story. Holy. Wow. So that was fun. And those. Wow. Those are the times when I think to myself when I'm flying. Instances like when I'm flying. Yeah. The coast. Of how I think it's so interesting that you have this idea in your head. And you just kind of foster it and grow it. And then down the road, you're in a plane over the coast of San Diego with this random dude you just met. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that he built. The, the plane that he built. Right. What? Oh, good God, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, those are things that, I don't know, I guess they can come to you naturally, but I feel like that's kind of the adventure and awe that I say people should seek out in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. How do you think you've changed... Mm-hmm. Throughout this whole... Pro- you said you've been doing this now for, I'm sorry, three years? Or is it... Been- it's been, like, just over three years. Almost okay. three and a half. Yeah. And so how do you think this has impacted you? I think... So, two big things. One is the perspective. And that comes from stories like the guy who was run over by the boat. Right. Um, and also, I learned so much along the way. Little facts, too. Mm-hmm. I had met with this woman... In Philly, who was a judge for the city for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And it had snowed a few days before we met. And she was just talking about the value of education. And she was saying, when it snows, the schools are closed and thousands of kids don't eat that day because they rely on the public school system to feed them. I've never lunch. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It just wasn't something that had crossed my life before that moment. Mm-hmm. So I gained a lot of factual perspective mm-hmm. in that sense. And then a lot of broader perspective um, from just hearing people's stories and backgrounds. Yeah. So that, and I think I'm more open to people's stories because doing this, I've come across people whose lives are wildly different than mine. Mm-hmm. Even in terms of like gender, sexuality, uh, like race and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And not that I didn't do it before, but just treating everyone's story with respect. Yeah. And growing my mind in a sense because some of the lives that I've interacted with are outside what I would think yeah I feel like you kind of have to be have a really open mind going into all these conversations because if you come in it with like your preconceived notions or a narrow perspective on things then it's not conducive for a good conversation and might offend people sure (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I think it's not my place to go into a conversation and judge someone yeah it's my place to go in and acknowledge that this person exists. Yeah. Because... And you have a very calm, and maybe it's, like, the easygoing type of, like, personality that it's, like, very comfortable to be around. Right. So you have a good personality for that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... I think that goes into wanting... Yeah, it's interesting. I think my personality is interesting for this project, too. Yeah. Because, like I was saying, the way I speak is sort of mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I write is more energetic. I yeah. see exclamation points. Interesting, yeah. I think people expect me to be this like, hey, how's it going? How's yeah, it going? Um, yeah. But I feel like I just like the genuine approach of 
hanging with people. Yeah. Um, perspective and being open much more in that sense. And then gratitude is a huge thing. And I think that comes from hearing other people's stories. The fact that I do have still two parents and I do have two siblings that I'm close with. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I could go to school and I worked over breaks and I had student loans, but you mentioned it earlier. And I met a girl who had to drop out of school so she could work to help her mom pay rent mm -hmm. so that they could live. And some people just have different circumstances that they have to deal with. Right. So I'm very grateful for mine because it's afforded me the opportunity to be in this place. Yeah. Um, and you use your platform to sure. share people's stories and stuff. I'm sure it's reading the stories that you share. Is, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Eye-opening. Eye-opening. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. For people. Because it's easy to just get cozy in your life and not be grateful for the things that you do have. Agreed. Yeah. So it's cool that you're able to like share people's stories and everything with your platform. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that the way I'm using the circumstances that I've been given is creating happiness for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And you say, like, how often do you connect people that you obviously are connected with these people? How often do you connect people you've met with other people you've met? Does that come up a lot? It does. There's a dude who from Philly who's in town right now for a Tony Robbins conference. Tony and... Robbins is in town? <laughs> what? Yeah. I love Tony Robbins. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like diehard fan, but I've heard his conferences are wild. Yeah. yeah. So he's in town for that, and he was just asking me if there are people from LA that he should meet while he's in town. I have 700. <laughs> yeah, a couple people that I think like would fit with his personality. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. In Philly, before I left, I had a reunion at a brewery there. So mm -hmm. I just had like 10 people who I had met come out and meet each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to do more of that, like tying or closing the loop almost yeah. and having people meet each other. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's also people who meet each other just through seeing the stories. I met oh, okay. a woman who had seen this girl's story that I met with, but she was visiting from Seattle mm -hmm. and it was back up in Seattle. And this woman passed her story along to her daughter. They ended up talking and her daughter ended up flying up to Seattle to meet this girl. And so, wow, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I think the work that you're doing is really awesome. I mean, kind of the reason why I do the interview format of this podcast is I just love meeting people. And I love hearing people's stories. Mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be upfront and say that small talk is kind of not my jam. Sure, feel really awkward doing it. I love I don't know why I love when people open up and get into deeper things. Right, I like I don't know. Yeah, so I think the project you're doing is really cool. Thank you. So I just have a couple of questions I ask everyone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is, what do you hustle for? What do I hustle for? Uh, I'm going to interpret that as like, why. What is my why? Yeah, exactly. So like the whole reason I do this podcast is just for people to start really focusing on the things that matter to them and the things that get them passionate mm -hmm. and themselves, you know, physical and mental health, things that really get them going. So your why exactly? I think for me, it's just the, I hustle for the ability to choose what I want to do with my life. And I like that. Because well, I think about my project, I don't know how it's going to work out. I largely don't know how the project is going to work out in general, mm -hmm. but if I fast forward to 15 years from now, I hope that I'm married with kids and I hope that I've somehow gained financial freedom through this project that I can choose to make my wife and kids my priority yeah. and I can raise my kids in a way where 
I'm there, like, helping them pursue their passions. Yeah. So that, I think, is what I'm most excited for and what I want to have the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just because I think it's possible. I think a lot of people don't think that it's possible, which is why they go into the safety of their corporate jobs. And, yeah, totally. And whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. It sounds very simple. but Simple is, usually, is sometimes the best and clearest answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, more so just... The family. Um, then was there a second part to that? Nope, that was it. Okay. Well, there's another question I'm going to ask okay. you. Um, and the other question being, what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. What advice would I give my younger self? Uh, I would tell myself that no one knows what they're doing in life and everyone's just figuring it out. And it's something that I understand now. I always say, I think a lot of people operate with the mindset that everyone but them has their life figured out. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they put pressure on themselves and they feel self-conscious when in reality, it's like no one, including you, has life figured out. Right. So it's OK to not have life figured out. Yeah. Uh, but if you understand that everyone else is in that same boat, you don't feel behind. Right. And I think there are times in my life, probably like high school or college, where I felt like other people were ahead in figuring life out. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would just tell myself that because I think it leads to confidence. I think right. the way I think about confidence now is not so much being able to ignore your insecurities, but being able to lean into them and own them. Yeah. And yeah, I think if I were that way more, I don't know if it would necessarily change anything, but yeah, I, I mean, feel like it's good advice for myself. To exactly. Know. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cool. Well, thank you so much for coming up to Manhattan because you're in Long Beach that's up to Manhattan Beach thank you for coming up to Manhattan Beach and filming this I really appreciate it you want to give everyone some info on how they can follow along with you sure so I keep track of everything on Instagram my handle is at Rob's 10k friends cool um and yeah that's where they can find everyone's stories they can DM me if they want to meet yeah so that's a great question how much longer are you in LA for and are you looking for more people in LA to meet yeah definitely looking for more people okay and I'm planning to be here until early June oh perfect all right so everyone listening you can DM Rob if you want to if you're in LA and you want to meet um very cool yeah yeah Yeah. and thank you for having me of course yeah Yeah, no this has been an awesome talk thank you so much All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I do this for you, and I really appreciate that you guys listen and you enjoy it. So if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at wanderwithkirsty, W-A-N-D-E-R, with K-I-R-S-T-I-E. Also, if you really, really love me, you can rate me on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to this on. Until next week, keep hustling for yourselves, keep loving yourselves. You really do deserve it.